Hello, beautiful soul family, and welcome to the Walk On Podcast, the podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. I'm your host, Britt Cannon, and this week's episode is just called The Tarot. Um, If you don't know, tarot cards are... Um, a pack of cards today mostly used for divinatory and like occult practices where you use them to um, tell other people about themselves. (laughs) You can ask questions, you can sort of get a glimpse into the future, a glimpse into the past, a glimpse into the self-conscious subconscious and they are one of the great loves of my life um i i'm gonna read you a little piece of an intro that i wrote when i was i was playing a poetry slam in boston in 2018 where no 2019 where i was the opener for the slam and the slam was tarot themed and i was like oh i have to like say something about the tarot before i play because um i just love it so much and it's had such a profound impact on my life excuse the hammering if you can hear it the neighbor upstairs died and the super is fixing up the apartment and that is new york city baby um so i was gifted my first deck over half a decade ago at this point i think it's seven years ago um hang on my dang (laughs) evernote app is a little persnickety Um, So I've been reading tarot for almost a decade, three years shy of a decade. The tarot works through symbolism and connecting with the subconscious. It tells a story of beginning as the archetype of the fool, leaping off the cliff into the unknown, and ending with the world, which is a culmination. As Shirley Jackson said, journeys end in lovers meeting. When we travel through all the cards in what is called the Major Arcana, we eventually come home to ourselves. We are not creating something new in the journey to self-love and self-actualization. We are uncovering what has always been there. Also, fun fact, Pamela Coleman-Smith, who designed the art for the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck, was a queer black woman who signed each and every card in secret after she discovered that she would not be getting credit for her art, which is a lesson in the inherent evil of the capitalist white supremacist cis-heteropatriarchy and also punk as fuck. Um, so, also, <laughs> to be real basic and read from the wikipedia (laughs) um the tarot is a deck of playing cards used from the mid 15th century in various parts of europe um to play games like actual playing card games um and it wasn't until the 18th century when decks began to to be used for divinatory purposes 
Um, so tarot is like the the mother of playing cards in general. Um, the earliest evidence of a tarot deck used for cardomancy comes from an anonymous manuscript around 1750, which documents rudimentary divinatory meanings for the cards of the Taraco Bolognese. Um, there are, you know, like in playing card decks, how there's like suit cards or um, what are those called? You know, like the court cards, like the king, the queen, the ace and all that. The tarot has those. It's called the Major Arcana. So those cards are, there's 22 of them. It's the Magician, the High Priestess, the Empress, the Emperor, the Hierophant, the Lovers, the Chariot, Strength, the Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Justice, the Hanged Man, Death, Temperance, the Devil, ooh, the Tower, the Star, the Moon, the Sun, Judgment, the World, and the Fool. The Minor Arcana are like swords, cups, pentacles, and wands. Each of those has a, an astrological um, connection. So like um, pentacles represent earth signs, wands represent fire signs, swords represent air signs, and cups represent water signs. Um, and when we're reading, as a reader, when we're reading for ourselves or for other people, we look into all aspects. You look into the beautiful artwork on the cards. You look at the colors. You look at the number. You look at the symbolism of the picture, like the meaning that can be inferred based on what's going on in the, the image. Um, then you also look at those kinds of connections, like the signs it may be pointing to the energy that those signs embody um and you put it all together to tell a story and it's such a beautiful sorry for the awkwardness of me reading the wikipedia article but i just wanted to give some background and um yeah just talk about how it's been used for a long time how it's uh you know, wasn't originally designed for like occult purposes, but once it was, it pretty much stuck. I think it's really fascinating. My grandma used to read tarot, but with playing cards. She's like an old school witch. And, uh, and I used to love watching her do that and get readings from her like that. And there are still lots of people who read that way, which I think is really cool. Um, you have to, like, there's not as much meaning derived from the images themselves so it's really a lot more intuitive uh that's my favorite part of reading by the way is the intuitive nature of it how you okay so when I first started reading for myself I had uh I just got the Rider-Waite-Smith which is the you know the most used tarot deck with a book um, of the explanation of the cards it told a background of all the symbolism whether it's like Egyptian symbolism like ancient Egyptian symbolism or um, like Hebrew letters you know like it, it goes deep it dives deep into every little meaning on the card and then it gives you kind of like a an overview of what the card means 
And so I would just read for myself over and over and over and over again all day long. At this point in my life, I was pretty lost, pretty unhappy, although becoming more happy. I was working on my healing. I was working on my codependence. I was working on my self-confidence in a big way. I was, I had a long-term partner who I was in love with and I had also fallen in love with someone else. (laughs) So that was a whole thing. Um, Just, you know, going through steadily approaching my Saturn returns, which I'll talk about in the next episode, which is about astrology. Um, But it was just... I needed some help. I needed some guidance. I was starting to pray every day. I was starting to meditate every day. And the tarot cards came into my life. And um, and holy shit, did they change it. Um, the first thing was I kept this little notebook. And I would do a spread, write, just refer to the book. Like I was just basically playing to work on memorizing the cards and the meanings. Um, cause I have this theory that like, it's like with jazz, you know, to be a very fluent jazz musician, you have to have the technique, like you have to know how to use your instrument. You have to be like actually sort of masterful at your instrument in order to get to the place where you can participate in an intuitive art form like jazz, because so much of jazz is about intuiting what the other members of your band are going to do, intuiting what notes will go with what everyone else is playing. It's about listening, it's about receiving, and it's about flowing. But it's really hard to flow if you don't know what you're doing in the first place. (laughs) We had this in my, when I was studying music, you know, there's this like, you learn two years, the foundation of Um, of music theory and like how music works and then the next two years you spend learning how to break those rules (laughs) and that's like classical the classical to jazz pipeline um you got to do the foundation before you can like really engage your intuition and trust it and be free to lean into that experience um otherwise you're kind of full of shit I think so that's why I'm always suspect of people who like, you know, immediately start doing readings the second they get their first deck or like um, start doing astrology right out the gate. It's just like it takes a long time to get a, a handle on the information and it takes a lot of self-awareness to actually know when you're ready or not ready. Um, regardless, though, I read for myself for a number of years. I would write down all of the all of the meanings and all of the cards and um then I would go about my life and I would be like talking to someone getting someone's advice going through a thing and I would stop because like it would take my breath away I'd be like oh my god my cards just told me about this my cards said word for word what you just said to me like it was blowing my mind the synchronicity and this opened me up to synchronicity in general. Like, you know, when you're in a skeptical place, when you're in a like materially obsessed place, which is something that this living in this current reality, in this current energy really encourages. They encourage 
um, dogmatic materialism, you know, this idea that science is everything, which it is a lot of the story. I don't think that science and spirituality are mutually exclusive at all. I think they're supposed to work together. I think that if you dive deep enough into science, it brings you to the spiritual. And if you dive deep enough into the spiritual, it brings you to science. People who reject one in favor of the other, I think don't have the whole story straight. So I'm not denouncing science, um, but I am saying that this world we live in, this capitalist um, fucking... <laughs> sort of like ambivalent to the spiritual I can only the only thing that's real to me are is that is something I can touch something I can see something I can like directly experience we don't stop to tune into ourselves we don't engage with our inner world if you do that you're seen as like annoying or um or woo woo or <laughs> whatever so and we're taught that like it's coincidence if you see what spiritual people call a synchronicity it's just a coincidence or it's like confirmation bias like because you're looking for it you experience more of it which might be true but even in that fact isn't there a spiritual component it's like i always think of the placebo effect and how people say that the placebo effect is like oh it's proof of like how wacky humans are that like we're so susceptible we're so gullible that like we can literally take a sugar pill and it makes us feel better as if it's like this <laughs> character flaw or like personal failure or something but actually isn't there something amazing about that that like if we believe hard enough that this sugar pill that we don't know is a sugar pill is going to cure whatever is going on with us that it does isn't that some kind of proof that our mind has healing powers isn't that in itself kind of miraculous um so I had to learn, as many of us do, how to recognize a sign when I was getting one. And the tarot was the perfect way because I am a little bit of a skeptic, a little bit of a logic head. I don't live, <laughs> I have emotions, I am emotional, but I am autistic. And so I do really love facts. I really love things that are provable. I really love one plus one equals two. You know, I am, my partner tells me all the time that I like mainly operate from logic and she mainly operates from emotion. So we work really well together because um, we balance each other out, but it's definitely a thing for me. And when I first got into spirituality, I definitely got into it from a place of like, I don't really believe this, but like, what could it hurt? You know, I just want to feel better. I don't care how it happened. So like, what could it hurt? It's kind of fun to like carry these cards around with pictures on them that really scare people because they think it's from the devil. Like that's hilarious. So <laughs> I've always liked witches. Like, let me give it a shot. We'll see what happens. And these synchronicities started happening and I started learning things like how to take responsibility. For example, um, uh, I was getting a card all the time, and forgive me, I can't remember the specific card. I can only remember the message, but the card was telling me 
Um, basically, like, you, everything that's going on right now, like, you deserve. You deserve everything you have or something like that. Where, so it's basically like you have created the situation that you are currently in. You have made your bed and now you're lying in it <laughs> and you don't like it. And it's this message that you hear over and over in the tarot, which is like, it's not happening to you. Certainly some things happen to you, but most things are in day-to-day life, most small inconveniences, <laughs> most relationship issues like there is an amount of personal responsibility in the consequences or like in the um what word am i looking for in the like culmination of those experiences there is some part that you played in it even in an abusive situation not listening to the red flags is the personal responsibility, right? (laughs) Like, it's not saying that it's your fault. It's not saying that you let it happen to you. It's saying that, I mean, not even in just abusive relationships, you know? It's like how if you notice from the beginning, like, oh, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Oh, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Oh, that is kind of a deal breaker for me too. And then you shove it down and you don't listen to it because you don't want to be alone. Those deal breakers end up being the reasons why you break up. And so those the time you spent in that relationship unhappy and like the ultimate breakup that happens there is some responsibility that can be taken as far as dang I could have listened to my intuition and I didn't and like we're ending up where we would have ended up there much 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 longer ago and we ended up here anyway and like I can I can deal with that I can roll with that like got it loud and clear next time i'll listen sooner um so i learned that i learned about taking responsibility which was a big thing because no one in my family ever taught me how to do that everything in my family which was a generational trauma fucking chaos ball um and also people who were like very poor like (laughs) very um traumatized by generations of men in the military and um and therefore like you know traumatized by the system itself and everything was everything that happened every choice that was made was in the service of avoiding responsibility whether it was like getting a really prominent lawyer friend to get someone out of going to jail for drunk driving or um you know lying to cops so that cps wouldn't get called or just like everything was about covering up the fact that we were dysfunctional even the humorous way that we were taught to call ourselves dysfunctional was in service of avoiding responsibility I was taught to lie, I was taught to conceal, I was taught that the surface level, like how things look on the outside is what really matters, that what's going on internally does not matter at all. And I was taught this like mafia mentality of family first, that uh, you do not discuss stuff that's going on with your family with the outside world because that's like family business which is actually really unhealthy to teach a child who's being abused but i digress 
So to be confronted by these cards with like, maybe there's some responsibility you can take about the situation you're in hurt my feelings. <laughs> it really hurt my ego. And I was like, how dare you tell me that I've made the bed I'm laying in. <laughs> I don't feel like I've made the bed I'm lying in, but it was a step, you know, it was a step in the right direction. And the thing about realizing that you have a say in things that like you have um you you can be in control of your life that at a certain point you do step into being in control of your life you can't control everything that happens to you like you get sick you get hit by a car you know somebody cheats on you like you can't control that kind of stuff but you can control how you perceive it, how you move on from it, how you learn from it, um, if it makes you more closed off or more open, if it makes you less honest or more honest, more um, prone to hurting others or less. You know, once you realize that, you, you become empowered. You become not so afraid or like bogged down by life because you realize that if you don't like something, you can change it. Or even if you're really far away from being able to change it, you can at least work towards changing it. So that was kind of huge. Um, what happens with tuning into the frequency of the universe is that once you open up a little, <laughs> they have a tendency to just rush right in. So like the second you become open to like, oh, I think maybe you know, all these white feathers I'm finding everywhere are a sign, then more signs come. Once you start getting into numerology and like looking at what numbers mean, you start seeing more of them. You know, you just start getting these signs and synchronicities everywhere. So to the point where sometimes it feels a little overwhelming. I hear a lot of spiritual people talk about this, how like sometimes the synchronicities are like, ah, leave me alone. <laughs> I can't hear, I get it, I get it, I get it, I'm here, I got it, I got it, please stop. Um, but tarot was my little crack in the door, you know, my little tiny opening to the communication um, with the universe that I was supposed to experience. And here I am because of that. I've made so many huge life changes based on that. Um, the universe is a bitch. <laughs> The universe is funny and the messages you get from the tarot are not always pleasant. In fact, if you're really listening to them, if you're um, getting a reading from a responsible reader who's not just going to tell you what you want to hear, that that fucking douche that you're waiting on coming back and um, who doesn't show you any signs that he loves you is coming back. <laughs> um, you know, like some of these tarot readers are definitely enablers and coddlers and like are, I think it takes a lot of strength to tell people the truth. Sometimes the tarot cards will give me a message and I'm like cringing inside because I don't want to relay this to this person and I'm afraid that I'm the messenger and I'm going to get shot. But that's the beauty of the tarot is that, you know, doing tarot readings is a healing art. Um, it's like, you know, therapy is a healing art. Music is a healing art. Um, communication of any kind is a healing art. 
And the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Inanimate nature of the cards diffuses the situation. I noticed this, I didn't read for anyone else besides myself for a very long time, for like maybe three years. And I was on a trip once with my partner at the time and like we were hanging out with all of his friends and several of them asked me for readings and because I had my cards with me and I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. It was the first time I'd ever done it. I was really scared. <laughs> it's especially because they were all like, you know, fucking nerds. And so I was like, uh, they're going to hate this. They're going to think it's hokey. They're going to like just fight me on it and tell me it's fake. And just like, they're going to think I'm ridiculous. But all three people I read for sat, listened to the messages. And then at the end of the reading stopped and pointed to every single card and told me what the cards meant in the context of their lives. And I was sitting there like floored, like blown away that the, you know, we don't know each other that well. There's no reason for these people to be opening up to me so hard. In fact, I, two of the people I read for were in a couple and the reading brought out things that they hadn't told each other, um, that they were telling me or more accurately, they were like telling the cards, explaining the cards and every single reading resonated and I wasn't even like doing that good a job yet like I was reading from my my manual I was just explaining the you know the academic sort of meanings of the cards there was no intuition really going on besides pulling the cards and um and it still resonated it, they still got something out of it and for me that was a really big moment of understanding that there's something disarming about having this middleman having these cards between me and the person I'm reading for that just opens them up that makes them willing to engage in this kind of esoteric experience and and I'm not the messenger the cards are the messenger and it seems pretty silly to get angry at a deck of cards you know <laughs> And so they don't. And I've never given a reading where the person got mad at me. Actually, that's not true. I did give a reading to a woman that was having an affair with a married man who um, begged me and begged me and begged me for a free reading. And I gave it to her. We were connected through Instagram. I gave her the reading. The reading was like, you got to end it. And then she sent me a long thing about how tarot is the devil and like I'm bringing the devil to her and... <laughs> So that was one uh, where she did get mad. But, you know, sometimes you hear what you don't want to hear. Some people can take it, some people can't. But I've given, like, I don't even know how many readings. And that's one out of, like, a hundred or more. I don't know. Um, but most of the time people are like, not only, yeah, that resonates, but also like, whoa, that's freaky, man. And it definitely is. It's a trip and a half. It's, to me, it doesn't even feel, this is like, I used to be a much more ritualistic uh, witch. I had like a routine. I would pray and meditate every day. I would do yoga for like several hours. I, had, I would do full moon rituals. I just like 
was very ritual oriented and the point of a ritual is to put you in the headspace of connecting to the universe and so I think at a certain point I just was connected you know like the connection was never disconnected so I didn't need the rituals as much and I kind of fell off of it um where was I going with this (laughs) uh oh I realized that the reason why chanting affirmations and um and doing ritual and praying in that way and doing spells and stuff like that all it does is like center your energy and really like like a full moon ritual I'll give you an example of one of the ones I would do so I would get my little cauldron my coven at the time who honestly didn't take it that seriously because they weren't very introspective people but they just like the vibe of witchcraft but didn't actually practice which I think happens a lot but um I would write a list of like everything I wanted to call in and everything I wanted to release so that right there like there's nothing necessarily esoteric about that practice all I was doing was clarifying for myself what I wanted out of life and clarifying for myself what I felt needed to be released to bring in what I wanted and so that's just like even if it's not magic you know what I mean like even if it's not working in any kind of mystical way it's working because how often do we sit and clarify what we want out of life like how often do we sit and really introspect on like where we are what we're working towards releasing and what we're working towards calling in not that often so like to have the pretense of a ritual to sit down and do that you know they say in in law of attraction which i know is mostly like victim blaming horseshit like i'm not fully endorsing the law of attraction i think that that's a a misnomer and like a very capitalist interpretation over what is ultimately a surrender process because you can't really call anything that's not meant to be yours you can only really call in stuff that you're already working towards um and then it's much better to focus on internal manifestation than external manifestation because if you focus on the internal the external will come you'll align with what you're meant to align with that's why I say it's more about surrender. I think telling the universe what you want, demanding from the universe that they give it to you, is a little bit too in ego to be good for you. It's a little bit too controlling. Um, so the tarot cards, like, even if it's not necessarily magic or esoteric or like occult, <clears throat> even if it's just working on a subconscious frequency you know like (laughs) i do believe that all of us are tuned into a collective consciousness um where you know like when we die we go back in our soul our spirit goes back into the universe back into everything like mufasa style and uh and we can tune into that frequency at any time and that we're all actually connected in that frequency sometimes i'll make a post about like what i'm thinking or feeling or working towards or a podcast episode and someone will respond you always post what i'm thinking about it's so weird and it's like 
it is and it isn't. Like, we're all vibing here together. Like, we're ultimately just vibrations inside a meat bag and <laughs> we feel it. Like, humans are psychic. Um, again, not in the woo-woo way, not in the way where some people are super special and have it and some people don't. We all have it. We're all intuitive. We're all just working with frequency and therefore you can feel it and sense it. And of course, we're thinking about the same things at the same time. We're living in the same world. So you can detach the esotericism from it completely and it still works because like we're together, we're sharing space. We could pull any cards, and just because of the nature of frequency, when I talk about the cards, they will resonate with you. It just is how it works. Um, the images themselves are connected to the subconscious in the same way that our dreams have information for us, because like, if you look at the symbols of your dreams, like say you dream about panda bears, you look up panda bears, there's a spiritual meaning to them. You look it up and it'll tell you what your brain is trying to process while you're sleeping. Again, it doesn't have to be spiritual or magical or esoteric at all. I personally believe that it is. I personally believe that the universe is communicating with me to help me on my path and my journey and that there is a piece of the universe connecting with you and trying to help you on your path and your journey. But if that makes you uncomfortable, it can just be academic. It can just be earthly. It can just be that like, while you sleep, your brain is still trying to problem solve the events of your day. And if you look into the symbols and what they represent, even just like in a culture, you know, look at where pandas are from and what that culture thinks about pandas, it'll give you some insight. Um, and that's pretty fucking cool, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started doing them more and more. It took me still a couple more years to feel comfortable charging for them. And I still do readings totally sliding scale because having been poor most of my life, it really hurt my feelings to not be able to access even alternative modes of healing and I don't want to be inaccessible to anyone so if you would like a reading from me and you don't have money for it I do trades I do sliding scale you can pay anything you want there's no minimum if you need help I will help you all I ask is that you be respectful of the process and <laughs> respectful of my time and um you know just open your heart and your mind to the experience, really. Um, oh, and don't take my free help and then trash me all over town, which has happened a few times. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I started doing more and more readings and like really... It, Every time I do a reading for myself or someone else, I'm in awe. Like, <laughs> that's the beauty of spirituality to me is like, you could do a thousand rituals and they all work. You know, every single time you get what you expect out of the ritual and still your 1,001st um, ritual, you'll be shocked when it works. Like, it's... <laughs> it's it keeps you in a childlike state of wonder because it seems so surreal that these little pieces of laminated paper with pictures on them can like tell you anything about your life or someone else's life and you know I've really 
created some some strong and beautiful bonds with some really amazing people through doing readings for them because it does create and nurture this open vibe between us and we can really communicate and I don't believe in hierarchies I don't believe in like I'm the teacher you're the student I'm the reader you're just listening like I always because of that collective consciousness thing I always learn from the person I'm reading from too plus I tend to attract like really high vibe um healing natured people so (laughs) there's that too where like you're you know you're there under the pretense of like helping them through a situation but of course they end up spilling some of that help back onto you because we're all working through stuff right and we're all like maybe tuning into the same frequencies at the same time but we're all interpreting them in different ways and they're playing out in our lives different ways and how someone's handling a situation that's similar to yours might help you handling yours you know might give you a different perspective so it's just it's a good allegory it's the hero's journey you know it's like how to begin a journey is as the fool you know all you have is your little stick with your little bag in it and your little dog next to you and you're about to leap off this cliff which in some decks has alligators in the water like you're jumping into it reminds me of when i left to camp across country with my sister I moved into my truck this is like the first time I'd ever been independently financially stable in my life and I immediately move into my truck like what in the cuckoo snacks (laughs) was I thinking you know I could have just like tucked it away saved it got a little apartment been fine but I was like fuck that I'm taking this leap off of this motherfucking cliff and so that's what I did but as I'm pulling away from my house (laughs) packed up ready to go trip planned I had a freak out I was like oh my god what have I done this is so stupid we're gonna fail what if we die out there we don't really know how to camp just like every just panic attack full panic attack and I think that's what happens like you're the fool you're like hell yeah I'm gonna jump off this cliff you jump halfway down you're like what have I done um and you work through it you know some you work you take the leap you move through the major arcana and you hit some you hit some heavy hitters you know you hit some death card you hit some judgment you hit some hierophant which isn't necessarily like a a struggle card but it is about like tradition and security and um tried and tested ways of doing things and sometimes it can be a box you know sometimes it's something that you need to break out of uh break tradition defy expectations question status quo um you have the tower card you have the death card you have the devil card you have all these like seeing your wounds healing your wounds being triggered by uh situations in the present that remind you of the past and how you have to integrate these things don't reject these things don't bury these things but look at them deal with them access them feel those feelings maybe for the first time in your life fully integrate them this is what we call soul retrieval where sometimes when you go through something really heavy in your childhood 
um, it's believed in spiritual circles that you leave a piece of your soul there and that when you're triggered, it triggers you back to that moment so that you can nurture the, yourself the way that you wish you had been nurtured and, um, and retrieve that piece of your soul to carry it with you, to move forward a little lighter, a little more healed um feeling a little more whole <laughs> and that's beautiful and so even the negative cards carry a positive perspective and many of them request uh or challenge the person being read for to tune into that higher perspective in order to move forward in order to get out of for lack of a better phrase like a victim mentality um, which isn't the same thing as victim blaming. It's just what I was talking about before. It's, it's having and accepting the realization that, oh shit, I'm in charge of my own life, <laughs> which seems like a very duh realization, but a lot of us don't know that. I didn't know that. I was walking around fully feeling like a victim in every scenario of my life because I had been victimized so much. Um that everything reminded me of that, you know, like every, everything having to do with money was a trigger. Every rejection was a trigger. Every abandonment was a, a trigger. Every failure was a trigger. Even living in my body, I was constantly triggered about like how I was supposed to look, how I was supposed to be, how I was supposed to, um, present myself in order to be accepted and admired and loved and whatever. <laughs> um, so I don't know it just helps you there is empowerment it feels like it feels like a I think in our current society we misconstrue empowerment or taking responsibility for blame and blame comes with shame there's no need to blame. There's no need to assign fault, right? It can just be like, I understand that up until now, my life has not been in my control, but from here on out, I'm the boss in charge of this experience. And that's all it is. It doesn't, you don't have to beat yourself up. I know that that, that language kind of triggers people and I don't mean it to. I don't mean it to be harsh. I don't mean that it's your fault at all. Um, I just mean that once you step into that empowered place, things do become a lot easier. Um, I started doing tarot. I mean, it's crazy. The stuff that I have like, I predicted people losing their jobs, people having babies, breakups, makeups, weddings. <laughs> um, uh career moves like it's, it's all there it's always there and it never ceases to amaze me in my own life i i was at one point reading for myself every day but i like with the rituals i kind of stopped because i didn't really need the tool of the cards anymore as much when i'm really feeling lost i'll do it or if i'm just bored and i don't have anything else to do i'll do it and I always get something out of it. But I think these days I'm so open to the guidance, uh, you know, of like existing 
and being present that I don't need to access them so much but it's still really fun to do for myself and to do for others and without her trying to stay away from running the risk of this whole episode feeling like a commercial um if you would like a reading you can schedule one through my website which is brickcannon.me backslash services if this sounds like something you'd be into um for the last few minutes i mean we've got about 20 left i pulled some cards and i kind of like to talk about them so just as like a sample and also because like what i'm going to talk about tarot and like not read <laughs> at all no way i mean it is a visual medium so you know, maybe you're not getting the fullness of the experience just through audio, but still. The first card that came out was the Five of Pentacles, which is, it's like um, a stained glass wind window with a Roman numeral five at the top and then five pentacles like in the stained glass. It's snowing and there's two figures walking past the stained glass window. One is bundled up. Even though there's snow on the ground, they have sandals on their feet. The other one is less bundled and on crutches with like an injured foot and only one shoe and a bandage around his head, which usually represents like a damage to the third eye chakra, like not being able to see, eyes being closed, um, refusing to see in some cases. And this card is about struggle. It's about abandonment it's about rejection it's about desolation it's about financial struggle it's about um just not having what you need and there's nothing more painful in life than uh or there are a few things i will say more painful in life than not having what you need whether it's like needing your mom and she's not available to you in in some capacity or like needing resources to take care of yourself and you don't have them you know like needing a roof over your head and you're homeless just like it's sometimes our struggles are out of our empowered hands you know sometimes the circumstances of life are just a tidal wave and they sweep us away and it feels like we're never going to get out of it and this card is a reminder that you know, there is a thread of truth in the notion that all change is good. Um, that there is something to be learned from even the most dire of consequences, not consequences, situations. Um, that, you know, that cliche, like your current situation is not your final destination. The five of pentacles is a reminder that we're all in this together um, that if one of us is struggling it means that all of us is struggling that none of us can be free while any of us are enslaved it's a reminder that spirituality that the universe that connecting to something higher than yourself is sometimes the guiding light you need to get through a tough situation when i was um briefly homeless for I think it was about a month, which isn't long. I was very lucky. Um, I had a, 
a friend's house that I could squat in, but there was no electricity or running water or anything like that. And we weren't like, she said we could stay there, but we weren't technically supposed to be there. So there was this constant like worry that (laughs) the cops were going to get called on us or something. You know, it's just like, I also slept, I did sleep in my truck. I like found a campground once. I mean, this was like not on purpose. There was like the on purpose homelessness living in my truck. And then there was the not on purpose. I lost my job. I'm cashing in my change uh, to buy raviolis (laughs) that I eat cold. Like there's different types. Um, This was the scary kind. Luckily, through my healing journey I someone let me crash in their squat house and that was nice so I was very lucky I did have like physical shelter but um it felt like it was gonna end any second and what I did every day to get through it was meditate and play with my tarot cards just like all day long my journal is just like pages and pages and pages of readings and I was constantly getting cards like this five of pentacles you know which is that like you're really suffering right now like you're really struggling right now shit is not okay it's really hard but you're gonna get through it thank you for tuning in to the universal frequency we are here for you (laughs) ask for what you need position yourself in a place to receive it trust the process and everything will work out okay and it did it really really did and now when I look back at those moments I realized that you know the unhappiness that I was feeling when I first started reading for myself it was because I was in the wrong place surrounded by the wrong people doing the wrong things like just <laughs> doing what I was supposed to do, you know, going with the flow, being straight, um, being cis, like being in touch with my family that so mercilessly abused me and just like exhausted every fucking resource I had from the second I was born. I was everybody's little therapist. I was everybody's little punching bag. I was codependent I did not know how to say no I was just I had no concept of boundaries and oh my gosh to even lay a teeny tiny one was a whole ordeal where I'd have to like mentally prepare myself for many many weeks before I could spit it out and I would stutter my way through it and usually end up crying and then the second the person had a negative reaction I'd be like okay never mind I was just kidding haha you know (laughs) like a wreck a wreck and a half And when I look back at those moments, those like struggling ass moments, you know, my truck broken down in the middle of the desert with no money to fix it or the loneliness I felt when I truly had nowhere to stay. Um, And I had to, I, I actually, I lucked out there too. I went to this campground, they didn't have any spots open and it was my last $32 I was gonna spend on it. And this lady let me share her, campsite she like let me park my truck next to her car in the campsite which I thought was so sweet I just cried and cried and cried um you know those moments sucked but they were an offering a sacrifice uh like a down payment on (laughs) my future life they were proof to the universe of my commitment to myself of my commitment to the path of the fact that 
whatever they say, I will believe them. I will do it. When I am shown a sign, I will follow it. I will, you know, occasionally throw a tantrum. I will occasionally have a doubt or two. But at the end of the day, I will go for it. And, like, that's why I am where I am now. I am happy. I'm safe. I'm stable. I'm, like, mentally well. I'm fully loved all the way through. All of the people around me, none of them gossip about me. None of them give me a hard time. I am not made fun of. I am not made... I'm not a... Um, a victim of anyone's bullying or narcissism or her needing to inflate their ego by putting me down. Nobody I love is competing with me. I'm just in like a phenomenal place of my cup overflowing. And it's because of those moments where I chose myself. And I think that's what the Five of Pentacles is about. Is like, what are you working towards? You know, like, what are you... What is this serving? Is this teaching you something? Is this helping you figure something out about yourself? Is this you nurturing your strength? Is, um, you know, what's happening here? <laughs> look for the deeper meaning. Look for the gratitude. If you can't find gratitude, just look for acceptance. Um, I know that's not always easy or even always possible, but that's the card that came out, and so that's what I'm telling you. The next card is the Wheel of Fortune, which is the last card of the Major Arcana. So it says that the tides are changing. Things are going to get better. Like things are going to improve. You're going to find happiness. You're going to grow in the right direction. It is serving a greater purpose. It is um, going to feel like the beginning of a positive experience. You are going to build a foundation for yourself you are turning the wheel of karma. It's a 10, which is a new beginning. So we've gone from a five to a 10. Um, the positive change worked. <laughs> uh, you're going to start experiencing more abundance, more love, more positivity, more confidence, just like moving through the world a little bit more easily. But the wheel of fortune is a reminder that, you know, just as much as the bad times are temporary, the good times are also temporary. Like the wheel will turn again. And it's our job to be as gracious in success as we are in failure, um, as loving when we're being loved as when we're being rejected. You know, it's, it's our job to remain balanced in the face of the turning tides of life um it's gonna be good sometimes it's gonna be bad sometimes uh if you are so caught up in the good if you are so identified with the good and how things are right now in this moment when things change you're gonna feel resistance you're gonna feel it's gonna hit you a lot harder um same thing with the bad like if you're so identified with the bad if you're so stuck in the bad when something good happens you might even reject it or not believe it to the point that you self-sabotage it you know so it's about finding the balance finding the center finding the truth that it's all beautiful that we came here from being one with the universe in order to experience all the richness of life every facet of the human experience and so Ultimately, at the end of our life, it's going to be just part of our story, and that's beautiful. The last card that came out 
is the Emperor card, which is about, it's a four, which is about firm foundations. So it's like you're going through the bad, the wheel turns and things get better, and it's all part of the foundation you're building for your life, which is exactly what I was talking about with my life. Like the bad moments served me just as much as the good ones did. And in fact, a lot of those bad moments, when I look back in hindsight, they have a sweetness to them. They have a magic to them. They have a freedom to them that um, some of the more peaceful moments in my life don't carry in retrospect. Um, those harsh, hard struggle moments were the moments that made me who I am. And that's why there's so much gratitude in them. You're building a foundation. You're creating your life. Every moment you're creating your life. And the emperor is like a leader, like the leader of leaders. You're in charge of your experience. You're in charge of your existence. You're in charge of who gets to come around you, uh, who you get rid of, what you focus on, what you're um, building. Like it's all within your power. You are the emperor of this kingdom. It's about a, like a reminder not to be rigid, a reminder not to be controlling, that it is ultimately about surrender um, and those like more feminine aspects of like creating and nurturing and, and building in a loving way. But it's also about logic and order and um, doing what needs to be done. Um, it's a card of Aries and if you think about Aries it's like they're the baby of the zodiac so they have this childlike wonder energy they have this constant excitement this fire that's neither the showiness of Leo or the um you know acerbicness of Sagittarius it's like sweet a little impulsive um, maybe a little hot-tempered, although it's like quick to anger, quick to release, like very childlike, silly, impish, mischievous, um, charismatic. It's about embracing, like I was talking about before, like embracing the experience of life, understanding that we are always children, that we should always be experiencing life with wonder and appreciation. Because if you think about it, Every day is like a birth. Every day is a new beginning. Every day you're going to experience something that you've never experienced before. And that's what makes kids so, like little tiny babies, that's what makes them so able to be so present and not distracted because it's the first time they're doing all of this, you know? <laughs> and so wouldn't you be in awe? And it's about maintaining that sense of awe. And if that's your foundation that you're building, if it's in this vibe of like appreciation for life, appreciation for existence, appreciation for just like experience, um, that's something that can't be shook. Like that's something that can't be taken away from you and it can't really be destroyed. And no matter what happens to you, you'll come at it with that vibe, which will make it a lot easier to endure. And considering that sometimes life can be pretty shitty, anything that makes it easy to, easier to endure is like, kind of great um the card at the bottom of the deck is the ace of pentacles which is basically a giant pentacle in a giant god hand coming from the sky so it's like 
a, a financial new beginning because you've gone through these hard times and you've sacrificed and you've done this offering you have changed the wheel of fate um, and you are laying a foundation which will result in some kind of financial stability or windfall or at least like some material abundance in life uh this this disembodied god hand with the money in it with the big money is in a garden and so that's about seeing um the harvest of your hard work like reaping your rewards and feeling <sighs> there's this beautiful thing that happens when you're present like when you're working and you're focused on like the baby steps, you're focused on the one step at a time, is that you don't really notice um, when, you don't really notice how hard you're working because you're just like one thing at a time, one thing at a time, one thing at a time, building block, building block, building block. And you rarely poke your head up higher to see it from the higher perspective and then once the abundance comes in because you've been taking it so easy you've been going with the flow you've been Matthew McConaughey style all right all right all right and then you the abundance comes in and it feels like a gift like it feels like a blessing just fell in your lap even though you've been working really hard on it <laughs> which sounds I know like kind of hard to believe but it's just true um and that's what's happening here like just you doing one little thing at a time is going to result in the kind of windfall the kind of abundance that feels miraculous and in that moment it'll be your job to say thank you to yourself and to the universe. I also pulled a card from my Mary Magdalene deck, um, which is a very beautiful deck and it has these great messages from the book. And so I'm just gonna read you the Mary Magdalene poem that goes with the card. And that's how we're gonna end today's podcast. Um, <laughs> Magdalene. Go forth and be true to yourself. Dare to be different, to make mistakes. Create, for it is in creation that you exist. In a world full of dreams that stem from your heart. In oneness, love, and hatred. Wonder and awe. Softness and pain. Joy and light. In the stillness the unknown awaits. Avoid wanting to be filled. Step into it with courage and strength, like a budding rose reaching for the light. Love will lead you to greener pastures. Keep your pockets full of dreams, for life is a test of faith. Allow your light to shine. There is no beginning or end. There is only love. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you'd like to book a reading, you can do so on the services page of my website. I hope that you get yourself a deck and start practicing. I hope that this little reading resonated with you. I hope that you carry these messages with you into the foreseeable future of your life. I hope that things get easier. I hope that you surrender more deeply each day. I hope that you access gratitude when you feel inspired to. And I wish you happy healing. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye.